Hey everybody, on this episode of Box Office Breakdown, there was a war with some apes and they battled it out. We're going to talk about all that and more next. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Box Office Breakdown. Hey everybody, welcome to Box Office Breakdown. Oh, you know, I was looking at that camera for a second. There's no reason to look at that camera. I'm going to look right at this camera. Welcome to Box Office Breakdown, everybody. This is the show. Well, we look back at the box office that was, and then we like to prognosticate. Uh, I love the, that dulcet tone in my ears uh, about the box office up that is to come. I'm your host, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. I say host singular because I am alone, but never too alone. Our, our, our pal, Carrie Lane, she's away for personal reasons. She won't be joining us for the summer finale a box office breakdown. Oh man, she's going to miss out on a on a box office burner. But don't worry, as I said, I'm not alone because I am never alone when I have this man by my side, Neil Plumley. Everybody, it's me. Hi, I'm Neil Plumley. <laughs> you guys can find me on the internet or anywhere actually at the Neil Plumley. That's T H E N E I L P L U M L E Y. That's where I am. Uh, that that is right. Look at that. So as always, folks, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And since Carrie's not here to do it, I'll do my best, Carrie Lane, and come in with a thumb like that. Uh, give us the thumbs up while you're there as well. And we've got the chat up and running. Neil has taken uh, pity on me and made the chat nice and big. So feel free. Chime away in the chat. Let's hear what you think. As I mentioned, this is going to be our, our last episode for about four weeks. We've got major life events happening. I'm going to be traveling, doing some shoots for work. Carrie's going to be off on some family vacations. We're both going to Comic-Con. Neil, I don't, you know, I don't guess, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Neil's getting married, everybody. Bam, 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 bam. That's right. He is uh, off the market. Sorry, everybody. You had your chance and you blew it. Yeah, they missed their chance, Frank, and uh, it's, uh, it's a real low deal for them. Yeah, I, if you, it's uh, like as Obi-Wan Kenobi said, when the Death Star exploded, just like... Uh, of, you know, like 10,000 voices crying out or whatever. So. Uh, I hate to correct you, Frank, but I believe that's when uh, Alderaan oh! exploded. Folks, we're going to call it an end to the box office breakdown today. I got to yeah. go hang my head in shame. Yeah, I blew my own now. reference. <laughs> I was terrible. I am embarrassed. I got to turn in my nerd card. So, all right, like us on Facebook. <laughs> Starts on iTunes. Bye, everybody. All right, I'm going to stick it out. There we go. Uh, in the in the chat here, we got here. Let's see. Oh, oh, uh, Zaya's there in the chat. Says, "Damn, four weeks. I'll be back in school by then." But then we make it the perfect Sunday night uh, thing to listen to right before you get back to class on Monday. Like okay, we're just like the your little nightcap for an exciting weekend before you head back into the school week. That's how I like to think of ourselves, Neil. I agree, Frank. It's oh. a nice refresher before <laughs> you get back to your everyday life. That's right. So, of course, uh, before we before we go. We got to uh, we got to jump back in and do our, our our usual rundown of the show, which means looking back at the box office that was. We've got our top five here, and coming is no surprise. Number one in the box office, which is also the subject of our box office bet, War for the Planet of the Apes, fifty six point five million dollars for Fox Studios. There now uh, we of course as mentioned the subject of our box office bet. Uh, Neil, as always, see that's why I couldn't do the show without him. He had written down our box office bets, so Neil went sixty eight. I went uh, 48, and Carrie, she did 60. So she is the winner of this box office bet, and it's not even here to be able to bask in her prognosticating skills. She's not even here, Frank. She's not even here. You know, she, she wins, 
She wins this coveted title for the week, and she's not even here to rub it in our faces. Hey, uh, chat, I have put her lower third on the screen in front of you. Be so kind as to tweet at her. Yes. And congratulations, and also get on her for not being here. That's true. Even though she won. That's right. Uh, and uh, Jonathan Pack joining us there in the chat. Hello from Virginia. Look at that. Hello, Jonathan. Thanks for joining us here. So, uh, so actually, you know, I did go see the movie because, you know, I care about you and doing my box office breakdown duties. Neil decides to spend, you know, a day at the beach, you know, gallivanting around in the ocean, playing volleyball, kicking seaweed, all those kind of things that you do while you're at the beach. Uh, I cared about you folks. I went and saw this movie. There's Frank being a politician. <laughs> uh, so While Neil, Neil was off having a life, I was doing the real work. Yeah, I was helping the everyman. Because I care about you. <laughs> and remember that when you go into the polls there on Tuesday. Uh, so, did you, Neil, are you, I had never even asked, are you a fan of this franchise? Oh, yeah. I'm a big, I think I mentioned it last week. I'm a fan of, uh, of Circus, and I'm a fan of... Uh, that's Andy Circus, not Lions and Tigers. Oh. Um, yeah, and I was... And I'm a fan of, uh, hang on a second. <laughs> Neil uh, has a call, I guess, that he has to be taking, so he had to go run off and attend to that. Uh, meanwhile, in the chat, though, we've got uh, Sarah Brock, uh, speaking of one of Neil's favorite films, watched ba- Baby Driver and Comfy Chairs and tweeted you guys. Yes. Thank you, Sarah Brock, for tweeting that. We saw that. So glad that you enjoyed the film. I know Neil is excited. Always a chance to uh, spread the Baby Driver love. So, uh, and we, oh, we got Zayas uh, saying hello from Texas. All right. In fact, I'm going to be heading out to... Uh, to the Dallas Fort Worth area uh, in just a week or so, hanging out doing doing a shoot that I'll be working on. So uh, I will be cruising around in your neck of the woods, perhaps. Yes. So uh, so I actually I went and saw the film as I mentioned. I uh, I enjoy it. It is a nice ending to the trilogy. And I know there's been talk back and forth about perform, uh, performance capture. Andy Serkis. I mean, he he did so great back the Lord of the Rings, even up to this day. I mean, he again just knocks it out of the ballpark and. Much talk about if he's deserving of Academy Award nomination. And this is a great performance. It'd be great to see his talent recognized in some fashion. And if you're not going to give him a Best Actor nomination, then as I was reading in an article where they suggested, you know, bringing back like, uh, like one of the, like, like a special Oscar for, uh, you know, kind of those one-off kind of like specialty Oscars that you can award him for his work in, in performance capture. Because it is, it's incredible. And this is a really, a really cool film. And I know Matt Reeves didn't start the trilogy, but uh, he came in midway through the, uh, uh, the pre-production on the second film and then finished up the third. And, boy, they really stick to landing in terms of this trilogy. I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a nice book ending to the, the story that we know so far, but uh, it does leave room for other story possibilities to, to take off. And it'd be interesting to see... Uh, Going forward, if they ever really wanted to try to tie it back into the original Planet of the Apes, there are definitely uh, points at the end of this film where you could see that they could, if they decided to pursue those kind of seeds that are planted there, they could make that kind of connection happen. And it'd be really kind of interesting to see how that would turn out. Uh, So I definitely say if you've not seen War for the Planet of the Apes, definitely check it out. It is great. And some really cool different uh, locales that we've seen from the other two films in terms of uh, a lot of it takes place in, in the snow, a little bit further up in the, uh, the border of uh, Canada. So it's cool to see a, a really different look with the apes in there, to see apes walking around there in the dead of winter. So it is worth checking out. Performances all across the board, really solid. And uh, Matt Reeves really knocked it out of the park. So I am genuinely excited. I was excited before this, but after seeing this film, it just kind of reaffirmed that my enthusiasm for seeing what Matt Reeves is going to do with Batman. 
because uh, he's he's read or he said in an interview that he's scrapped Ben Affleck's script entirely. He's going to start from scratch. So the idea of him coming right from the ground floor and not only just uh, directing but also really getting a strong hand on the script too and developing that story from the ground up gets me excited to see what he can do with the Batman film. So I am jazzed for that. I... Now, uh, Frank, yes. since I'm the box office loser this week, I'll not only be wanting to go see Planet of the Apes, but uh, I'll be required to see it. That's true. Now, I'll be required to see it before uh, the next show? That's true. So you've got a month. Oh, well, there you go. i so got I, time. I feel like you've you got to be able to fit in a you know two-hour and 20-minute movie. Between well, now I should and... hope so, Frank. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't know if you heard any of my discussion that I was doing with the, the our fellow box office breakdown viewers there, but really solid film. And uh, it ends in such a way where it's a nice conclusion to this story, but seeds are planted that uh, I'm sure Fox is going to probably want to carry it on in some other direction. So, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm ex- yeah, I heard you talking about Circus's uh, performance. That's my main draw to the film right now, Frank. I, uh, I'm a big fan of what he does in, in performance capture and performance capture in general. I think um, I've seen a few interviews with him where he says, like, this is the equiv- it could be the equivalent of uh, between silent films and, and, and talkies, basically, back in the 30s, when um, people who couldn't get roles because they didn't look perfect enough now all of a sudden found some roles because they sounded good enough. And so now... There's is sort of an op- or could be an opening in the future where people who might not even look good enough, uh, or who might not even like look at all like they have the part. If they can act, then they can have their acting chops put into the movie and recognized as you know qual- a quality acting work. Man, look at that! Finally, the door is open for me. It's wide open, Frank. Yes. Oh, it's just staring at you. Ah, I finally <laughs> this ugly mug can make it in the big time, folks. Just. Watch, yeah, you can see me play a microphone with a face. Look I can see you in the pictures, Frank. Oh, all right. Thank oh, you, Neil. I can see you out there. <laughs> his, his work was great. And there was an interview that he did uh, in Entertainment Weekly where he was just talking about how it's changed from when he did the, uh, the Lord of the Rings to now in terms of just the, the medium, how that's kind of developed in terms of performance capture. And really cool just to kind of see something that was just kind of like, oh, I might be doing this for – uh, a little bit here for Lord of the Rings, but I'm going to go back to regular acting to see how much more sophisticated it's gotten, the uh, po- story possibilities and acting possibilities that are available to uh, to an actor per- to using performance capture, where they can now literally be, as you're saying, anything. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, what else is going to happen with this. And I think also um, uh, James Cavern's Avatar series, whatever hangups people may have on it, it might be a big push into that direction because of how intense the performance capture is on some of those characters. No, that's true. Yeah, because that's, gosh, yeah, I mean, I forget. You know, this one thing I was watching this film, and it made me think about my issues with the Transformers, was this, uh, what this film does as opposed to what the Transformers does is, is, is night and day. They get the idea right where they have tons of performance capture, uh, in addition, I mean, you're doing performance capture here, but you're and you're doing a lot of CGI for Transformers. But I think the general thing is the same, where it's just a lot of computer-generated imagery that you're seeing on screen. But we know we want to care about the apes, and Matt Reeves keeps the focus on the apes. You want them to be your through line for the story. People want to see about the Transformers. They want to get, they want to identify with them and, and like them as individualized characters. And we rarely get to see that. Uh, in favor of having a lot of humans in the Transformers films, which I think is so terribly wrong. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I brought it up in the, um, when we were speaking about Transformers before it came out. That part of the trailer uh, in the, from, from the recent Transformers movies where there's that like siren-looking robot that's going up to Optimus and talking to him. 
that looked like the most interesting part of the movie. Now, I haven't seen the movie, but just from the trailer itself, uh, from uh, um, the Transformers The Last Night, it looked like if we can just get more Transformers, as you were saying, as like a through line, that would really help uh, the series, I feel. Yeah, it's just like less less humans, folks. Less less humans, and let's just work on making these Transformers a character characters uh, much better. I would, from the trailer... I can see why you would think that scene would be really cool. Uh, I feel like, again, it's like that villain is just not given a lot of development at all. It's just a lot of name checks, and then that's it. So it's kind of unfortunate there. Oh, Scott Patterson with the compliments in the chat, Neil. Look at this. A nice oh. shirt, a nice smile as always. Well, Scott Patterson, Scott, uh, you please. Know, uh, Frank might want to buy you dinner later. That's right. Uh, now, he was, he was also saying, though, that uh, Matt Reeves' uh, Batman film is going to be a standalone film, going to be more of a crime noir thriller drama, which uh, I'm jazzed about. I... I was already kind of excited about him doing this, but after seeing uh, what he did with War for the Planet of the Apes, I'm really jazzed about what he's going to do with the Batman film. Now, I really hope on the subject that there isn't another freaking Wayne family murder in an alley. No, I got I got to mention... If we can get away from that entirely, can we, just, can we just pull a Spider-Man Homecoming and just know that that's what happened? I feel Matt Reeves is smart enough to realize that, yeah, that we don't need to see another Batman origin at all. I mean, he's got, I, he seems like a smart guy. I couldn't even believe that it was in Batman vs. Superman. I could not. When I was watching the movie, I'm like, are we really doing this again? We're really showing them coming out of the opera? And I, I feel like the only reason they did that is because they wanted to drop that little Martha line in there. Just to be able to kind of really hammer home, like, oh, wait. When they call it back at the end, we'll remember, hey, oh, yeah, Martha is everybody's name. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Mar- everyone's name Martha. Uh, so we had a comment in the chat though that uh, they asked us about if the Transformers should have done a movie based off the 2000 TV series Beast Wars. Now, Beast Wars was really cool. I tried to go a few years ago. I tried to go back and watch it, and that 3D animation is not good. It doesn't hold up, <laughs> Frank. Uh, but oh. the but the concept of Beast Wars was really cool. So um, I wouldn't mind something like that. But they would have to do. Uh, I don't know how they would do it in this in this uh, like film ecosystem that they've sort of built for themselves right now. Uh, unless they just reboot the series, which I also would not be against. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, just reboot the series, just reboot everything. It'd be great. Uh, oh, Sky Patterson also said there are rumors that a new Fantastic Four film is coming, uh, but it wouldn't happen until twenty twenty five. Which uh, I would imagine it's got to happen sooner than that because I think the deal with Marvel is they have to make a Fantastic Four film. With, they have a five year limit, and if it's not that, then rights revert back to Marvel. So. There's something like that. Yeah, those were like the old rights with uh, Spider Man and. Uh, uh, X Men too, I believe they had they had similar rights where they had to keep making movies. Actually, that might still be in place. Yeah, and still like with Daredevil too, and that's why Marvel ended up getting him back. Yeah, well, uh, now I guess we got to beg the question: What do we do with uh, what do we do with the heroes that like uh, the Punisher? Did, the, did those go back to Marvel too? I guess so because they had that series coming out. Yeah, so they yeah the Punisher is back firmly with Marvel. There was uh, talk of a D twenty three happened this weekend. And uh, there was the they showed the Thanos, Thanos statue for what he's going to look like at least in part in some part of Avengers: Infinity War, but there are four other uh, people or statues kind of cloaked, and uh, people were speculating because it was three kind of smaller statues and one larger statue that it was the Fantastic Four. Uh, it turned out to be just the Black Order, Thanos's uh, his crew that's going to be helping him out in Avengers: Infinity War. But uh, Kevin Feige hopped on and was like, "Yeah, the." Uh, I can't never say never, but the odds of us actually doing anything with the Fantastic Four anytime soon are, you know, slim to nil. So it's unfortunate, but uh, who knows? We'll uh, we'll see if uh, 
Kevin Feige and Fox can come to some kind of meeting of the minds. The uh, one thing that might uh, sour that slightly, though, is even though it's, I think it's done very well critically and the people who have seen it seem to love it overall, is our number two film this week at the box office, Spider-Man Homecoming. Again, from Sony, uh, $45.2 million. And the reason I say there might be a little cost of concern is that it's a 61.4% drop in its second week. So when it's one of the largest drops for, for, uh, for a, uh, an MCU movie. I, I, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if it's just because of franchise fatigue. It is, it, I feel it's by far one of my favorite Spider-Man films, that and Spider-Man 2 with uh, Doc Ock. But I, I'll be curious to see if that all of a sudden kind of cools like any, whatever sort of possibility there may have ever been with uh, discussions between Fox and Marvel. For Fox to be, be thinking like, oh yeah, maybe we should kind of see if we can mend fences with Marvel and see about the possibility of them doing something with us with the Fantastic Four to take this franchise that we cannot seem to get right no matter what we do and maybe make something work with it. Uh, I don't know if the fact that it had such a huge drop off in its second week might kind of deter that or the fact that it's still doing well internationally I uh, would still keep those kind of talks coming alive. I It's, it's a much better film and I think it's going to be it's it only serves everybody, Sony and Marvel, to have Spider Man and the Marvel MCU. So, come on, Fox, get on board. So yeah, that's a that's a big drop, though, Frank. And I think it, it might I think it might speak a little bit to franchise fatigue that we've been talking about. Not not, not even just like, um, not 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 even just talking about like uh, superhero fatigue, but Spider Man in general had a, a rough time for the last like three pictures he he was in. Yes, Dis- discounting the Civil War, but that wasn't. <clears throat> He wasn't really – he was sort of just in it a little bit. The uh, Courtney was saying here in the chat, she's, I think people are, are getting sick of Spider-Man. I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not sick of Spider-Man. I'm just – because I'm actually excited to see him done finally in a way that gets me excited for more movies. I, I can't say that for like the last three Spider-Man movies, not as you're saying, not counting, counting Civil War. None of those three got me excited to see another Spider-Man film. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. Um, so, I mean, we'll just have to see. This could just be like uh, – could just be like a, a big drop because of those uh, situations that we were just talking about. But if that's true, then Fantastic Four is going to want to wait a lot longer in order to sort of get everyone you know, on a clean slate as far as their expectations. Yeah, it's – I – man, I just feel like that that is a franchise. I don't – I mean, Fox, I guess, is going to keep it because it is an IP that they would – I guess, why give it back to Marvel? But it's just – I feel like how many times do you need to go and try to reboot a property before you realize we can't do anything with this? Let's just give it back to the people that might be able to do something with it and see if we can get something in, in exchange return. If, uh, return. It's like when you're eva- trading a, a basketball player or football player. It's like trade it now where you have some kind of uh, equity you can get back. Don't don't completely you know burn down everything and then just you end up having to just give them away to the free market. Did some sports talk right there, guys. I agree. Thanks, Neil. Thanks I agree. For, thanks for backing me up. I think maybe if they did a Fantastic Four with like a sub one hundred million dollar budget, and they really like thought about the characters and what they're supposed to be doing, instead of just trying to like pick off bits from the comic book that the thing might look flashy and cool, I think if they'd really try to deconstruct why those characters are the way they are, then that could be a cool picture. But I still think they got to wait a long time for people to forget about the atrocities that had happened before. And no matter what they do, they could not have Doctor Doom as a villain. You just cannot. No, that's way out the window. No, that's just please. That's absolute. That's gone for sure. Well, the the fact that they actually did it again for the the reboot, they shouldn't have. I don't know why they decided to go back to that well again. There's so many other fantastic uh, four villains that are out there that they could have used. Oh well, 
Uh, coming to number uh, number three for our top five this week, Despicable Me 3, another $18.95 million there for Universal Pictures. Number four, Neil's favorite film of the year, Baby Driver, another $8.75 million this year. And uh, Neil, did you enjoy Sarah's? Uh, as you mentioned, she tweeted out the fact that she was seeing that film. Were you uh, excited to see the, you know, the Baby Driver love spreading? Oh, yeah, I'm pumped. Pumped, Frank. Oh, it's completely stoked about it. Actually, on my way back from the beach yesterday, I was listening to the soundtrack, and you know what? It's just so good. This is a quality ass soundtrack right there. Did you are Are you a Mondo posters fan? Uh, yeah. No, I don't go. I don't go like seeking them out. Uh, but when I see them and I you know recognize that it's Mondo, then I'm like, oh wait, that's that's pretty great. What did you think? Did you see their Baby Driver one? I didn't. I should check it out. Yeah, they just released it. I think like Thursday this past week. That and uh, one, uh, that and Attack on Titan, they did uh, the same two on the same day. But yeah, it came out this past uh, Tuesday. It's kind of be curious uh, this past Thursday. Be curious to see what you think of the uh, the style of that uh, that poster. I'll check it out. I thought of you when I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to tweet him." It's like, but then I thought of it. I was like, oh, "Neil probably knows this. I don't want to just bother him with <laughs> harassing tweets." Like Neil, look at this. <laughs> oh yes, Frank, I'm aware. <laughs> uh, why are you bothering me, Frank? I knew about this hours ago. Frank, I'm at the beach. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm busy playing with seaweed. Uh, so we also have, oh, uh, uh, Ty there, uh, pardon me if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, said uh, there's talk about a possibility of a Fantastic Four TV show. Just the idea like, oh, we can maybe do this as a, a TV show instead of a film. But he says that a Fantastic Four TV show would be crazy expensive. If they can do an Inhuman show, they can do a Fantastic Four show. That's true. For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, basically, I mean, it's, yeah, really. They, yeah. I think the thing is the only one you have to worry about. I, I think I'd rather see him as a. You want to, you want that height and that kind of massiveness to the thing. So I feel like you don't want to do a Michael Chiklis and just have it be of a, like a man in suit kind of deal. I think you want to kind of do, go more the uh, uh, the uh, Josh Trank way and do it more computer generated. Yeah, probably. Although I still haven't seen that film, it still sits on my DVR, and I'm still scared to watch that movie. <laughs> Uh, finally rounding out the top five, which actually took me by surprise because it went into a wider release and uh, it's been getting a lot of praise for for the film, is The Big Sick uh, from uh, Lionsgate, $7.6 million. It's a it's a 112.5% increase in the box office, certainly because it added another uh, 2,271 screens to its release. So went wider and definitely jumped up as a result, but it was big enough to get our top five. And from I still want to see this movie, but by all accounts, a really enjoyable film. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, 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 I want to catch it at some point. It might not be in theaters since I'm really busy right now, but uh, I would really like to, for sure. Well, you know, maybe you guys, yeah, why don't you guys cancel the the reception and just everybody goes and see the big sick? Well, no, Frank, I'm going to cancel the reception and come here into the show. Oh, well, I mean, if you want to, sure, if you'd like to do that, I'd be flattered. Of or course could, you would, Frank. I know, well, well, can we just actually do the show from the reception? I guess so. Yeah, we'd need uh, we need to track down a couple of things, but it wouldn't be impossible. No, I mean, we could probably just do it as a Facebook Live or something like that instead. Oh, yeah, that might be fine. Yeah. All right. Let's just you guess what we're going to plan on that. For Neil's reception, we're going to Facebook Live a box office breakdown. <laughs> I'm sure nobody's going to have a problem with this. We'll break down the week at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> right there. That would be that'd be fantastic. Oh, I'm Neil, I'm already excited to buy this. All I right. can tell by the tone of your voice. Absolutely. So, folks, if that's something you want to see, if you want to see, see during Neil's reception, we Facebook Live 
a box office breakdown show. Uh, Tweet at Neil. Tweet at Neil. Let him know that's what you really want to see. I'm sure the tweets are flying in Fast and Furious right my now. My phone's off the hook right now, Frank. <laughs> All right, so folks, we're going to talk about some international numbers now. There were, as, as we mentioned, that a number of films that were swinging into the international box office this weekend. And it was pretty competitive over there. So uh, in addition to War for the Planet of the Apes, we still have Despicable Me playing as well as Spider-Man Homecoming. And so basically Spider-Man Homecoming, he led the session with $72.3 million in 63 markets, narrowly topping Despicable Me's uh, Despicable Me 3, $71 million, while the third pick in the Ape series only came in at $46 million across the 61, with only two of those being major markets. Uh, internationally, the global total for that picture is off to 102.5 million start through today. Now, while the international tally on War for the Planet of the Apes falls at a lower end of the pre-weekend industry predictions, the film is out in less than a third of the marketplace from a box office standpoint, with several major markets to come. So, already the opening is 61% bigger than Rise of the Planet of the Apes in the same markets, and at the current exchange rates, it's about on par with uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, so, this is basically going to turn out to be that apes is going to be more of a marathon runner than a sprinter so i think it'll stick around a little while and we're going to see the numbers kind of tick up and for it in its final total total global box office so uh then we also have here uh, also of note is uh we've got despicable me 3 is going to be zooming past 400 million dollars internationally and 600 million dollars worldwide and uh, they really were well aided in china where it's the last hollywood movie to have made it as the summer box office blackout takes hold with $113 million there, it is already the number two imported animated film ever and the number four animated movie, period. And meanwhile, because uh, certainly this film is, I can't believe it's still being talked about, but it has still not finished all its international releases there. Uh, Disney Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales, it crossed $750 million worldwide. And it's uh, it's $581.5 million overseas. Makes the Pirates of the Caribbean 5 the number three film of the year in international release. Who would have thought for a film that was just kind of eh, uh, especially by pirate standards, which was never like a super awesome franchise to begin with. But still, there is definitely a love, at least internationally, for that franchise. Oh, that's why they keep making those movies. Yeah, that, 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 that chasing oh, that sweet international box office. I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you think that they'd take out of the lesson by now to like, no. Uh, actually, speaking of trailers, I finally saw the trailer for... Uh, um, uh, the Orient Express. I don't know if you've checked that trailer out. I have seen it. Uh, I have my reservations about it. I sort of, I, I sort of think the trailer makes it look like it's uh, it's sort of pumping itself up. Like it's like, look at all these names. I'm the greatest detective in the world. This is going to be a fantastic movie. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it probably is going to be a great movie. But I'm also sort of just like, oh, <laughs> me, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why I'm hung up about it. Well, it's got a little bit of Johnny Depp in there, and I feel like that's really, from what people have told me about the film, they were only really going to get a little of him in the film, which actually is like, that seems like just the right amount of Johnny Depp for me right It's now. just the right amount. Just a pinch. Yeah, that's it. I just need a skosh of Depp. That's all I need. Uh, so, uh, now film's coming up this week, though, folks. Uh, we are going to do one last box office bet that we won't be able to be here in person to announce the results of, but we'll announce that on Twitter. Make sure we get our bragging rights in properly. But we've got three films for your consideration. We've got Dunkirk from Warner Brothers, uh, from our good old pal Christopher Nolan. We've got Girls Trip, which I know Carrie Lane is super excited for, with Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett-Smith. Honestly, Frank, I'm kind of excited for that too now. For the the part where she gets stuck uh, in New Orleans and has to, to pee from a harness? 
No, the part where it's at like 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> oh that's the part you're getting excited yeah. about. I was, Not... I was honestly surprised. I'm like, okay, maybe there's something more to this movie. Oh. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 please. Uh, I, I mean, I'm excited for you to go see that film, Neil. I can't imagine. I'll, I don't think I'm going to go see it. Not after. I, I just my enthusiasm for that kind of story right now. After uh, Rough Night, I'm just like, eh, I'm fine. Ah, you see, well, I haven't seen Rough Night, so ah, this would be a fresh experience. That's for me. true. All right. And lastly, we've got uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. There you go, Luc Besson's uh, latest film from uh, what's going to be in thirty over thirty four hundred screens. So those are going to be the three films that are going to be vying for your box office bet. So feel free to start chumming away in the chat about all that. Uh, in the meantime, though, we'd like to do a little box office rewind, look at somebody that's going to be starring in one of these upcoming films and kind of take a look back at their top five films through the course of their career. And I decided, you know, why don't we look at Ethan Hawke? Because, you know, who hasn't looked at Ethan Hawke lately? Is there is there something wrong with him right now? No. Well, I mean... Something happened to his face? He's got just a little something. I, I, oh, yeah, I got it. Something yeah. right here. Right you know? there. Yeah, just oh, okay. right there. Just, you know, trying to get that. You should probably tell him. Yeah, I should. But it's like, I feel weird. Like if you see somebody with food in their teeth, that's like, I never, that guy's like, hey, you got something in your teeth. I just let him just go on in life with that. Just let just let it be there. Yeah, it's like, I feel like they're going to find out eventually. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, thanks. Why cause any waves? Uh, but uh, Ethan Hawke, everybody. So we'll look back at his top five films. Coming in at number five is a film that I know Neil uh, cannot get enough of. He's always talking about it. Pretty much every time I, I mention it, I see him, he's always mentioning that film. Pretty much right at the beginning. It's usually a handshake, and then he talks about this film, which is Daybreakers. I uh, came out in 2010. I made $15.1 million. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know what? That was uh, kind of a dumb movie, but it was, <laughs> you know what? I, I think I remember having fun watching it. Ah, see? And that's why he's always talking to me about it. It's yeah. a handshake, and it's like, hey, yeah. let me tell you about this other scene in Daybreakers. Yeah, I'll tell you about the scene in Daybreakers. <laughs> you know, they're, they're in the elevator. Got it, Neil. I that got happened. It. <laughs> Uh, coming in at number four, we've got Sinister from Lionsgate back in 2012, $18 million its opening weekend. I saw this when it came on cable eventually, and uh, did you ever see it? Uh, no, I don't think I did. That's uh, where he's, they move into this house, and they find, Ethan Hawke finds these uh, these films like in an, in an attic, and he starts playing like these old home movies, and they're basically like, like, like almost, I don't want to say like snuff films, but you're watching family members, other, you know, families, like, meeting horrible ends on these films, and there's some kind of entity behind it and all that stuff, and it was weird, uh, definitely a weird film. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like I'll just keep it off my radar for the moment. Are you sure? I mean, they did a sequel to it. I might. All right. Fine. Be that way. Uh, Number three, a film that, you know, hardly anybody's seen or heard about. It was a very small, kind of, you know, blinked and you miss it film, Training Day. From Warner Brothers back in two thousand one, twenty two point five million dollars. Was that true? Is that uh, is that sort of like um, when he's okay? I think I know what you're talking about. He's a dad. He's teaching his kid how to ride a bike, but it's the day that the training wheels are on, and and his son's having a little bit of trouble with it. Yeah, that it, it? that is it. And it's basically it. They're getting ready because there's going to be the big competition in the neighborhood for uh, it's a bicycle race that they like to do just enough you know, for fun for the right. neighborhood but he yeah, wants yeah, to have yeah. bragging rights yeah the, the down the big downhill bicycle race yeah yep I remember that it's like you know training wheels aren't allowed and you know it's like how is he going to get this kid ready to be able to go and take this race he's, you know he wants to be able to you know have be you know top guy in the neighborhood so powerful stuff it's powerful film powerful film and it didn't get the attention that it deserved no not nearly enough no so <laughs> so uh, actually I've never seen this movie 
Well, I mean, the training wheels alone is, is, is worth it's it. It's a draw. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, uh, I've heard that the, the cinematography is and the art direction are just incredible for a lot of the close-up shots of the training wheels on the bicycle and the way that those are portrayed. So, yeah, I guess you should go check it out. They're honestly the, the, the third star of the movie. Or the training wheels. That's right. I, I hear that was the case in the uh, the poster. Yeah, a lot of a lot of personality in those training wheels. <laughs> that was it was basically just a big, huge picture of the wheel, a smaller picture of Ethan Hawke's head. Yeah, we, we know where you know. Uh, that, the, yeah, <laughs> they knew where the priorities lied, and they uh, they went to the bank with it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in number two was the Purge from Universal, which is uh, spawned just uh, if anybody's been out here in California and went to the Halloween Horror Nights. Spawned an endless parade of Purge-themed dumbness for these Halloween Horror Nights throughout the years. Came out in 2013, made $34 million. Have not seen The Purge. Haven't seen any of those films. Yeah, me neither. I think I was actually talking about this uh, the other day. There should be a Purge movie, but it should take place during the day, and it should be like on an island. Mm. That would be kind of cool. You see all these picturesque landscapes, and then, you know, like families on vacation getting killed uh oh a question from sky in the chat hey frank how many films do you see a year or every year 10 12 14 8 Ooh, uh gosh i mean i try to see at least one if not two films uh a week if i could so i mean i'm saying 52 weeks out of the year so i'm saying probably gosh i bet you yeah i guess there's a couple weeks where there's kind of like a stinker in there things come up i would say on average somewhere between 35 and 40? What do you think, Dale? How many do you see a year? Yeah, probably around 80. Oh, well, I, I would say if we're just narrowing that to first releases and not something you're catching up, like on cable or something like mm, that. Gotcha. Probably closer to, uh, to uh, 20, probably, oh. for me. Well, then it looks like somebody's got room to improve. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess you know, we now know what the, re- the end goal for 2017 is. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta get my butt into the movie theater then. Yes, I gotta catch up. Well, I I mean I know you're gonna be starting right there with uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Great way to get back in. Start Great gotta, way to get back in. Gotta get gotta work those reps in. Uh, and as Sky, as Sky also says in the chat there, the purge is just odd, weird, freaky, and dangerous. And from what I heard, like it, the first film is kind of its own thing, and then it kind of blows out the world and kind of sees instead of from one one family's treatment in the purge to see kind of more how the world is portrayed with the purge. So I, maybe the second and third films might be a little bit more interesting. I don't know. It's also got what Frank Grillo from who played Crossbones in, uh, uh, Captain America civil war, as well as uh, winter soldier. He plays kind of like the, the main guy in the last, uh, the second and third one. So that the purge cool. to me has always seemed like uh, a young adult book that someone grabbed and decided to slap an R rating on it. Hmm. Gotcha. Like, it's like a, a concept that would never work, but they would try to make it seem plausible in the in the YA book for all the audience, and then they just made it into a movie. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, kind of what you want to see, like, for the, the Hunger Games, but uh, they line, the Lionsgate didn't go want to go that far with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like that. There you go. Uh, coming to number, uh, finally, number one for Ethan Hawke. There is his top five box office movies there was The Magnificent Seven, the remake from 2016, or the reimagining, I should say, from 2016, uh, made $34.7 million. I did not see this one either. I should go check it out. I have not seen this movie either. 
I've heard mixed things about it, so it's probably been because I love a good western, but I've heard mixed things. So that's probably what kind of steered steered me clear of it. Plus, I think it came during a time where I was off doing something else. I couldn't make it. Oh, life, right, Neil? Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so, uh, folks, as always, uh, right now we're getting to that point here where we're starting to see some of the bets coming in here. Oh, Sky, he had a response to us, Neil. Here, he sees about thirty-five to forty-five a year every year. The same time, uh, leak online or YouTube, which is a bad thing, or there's a movie app I use. Oh, Sky, seeing some stuff on, you know, oh, not good, not, not just seeing it in the theater. Sky, come on now, what's happening? And Sarah Brock has a question, Neil. What's a movie that you guys saw in the last year that you want more people to see? Hmm, in the last year. I think it's been longer than a year, but. Um... I was a huge fan of 10 Cloverfield Lane, and I definitely wanted more people to see that movie. That wasn't a bad movie. Yeah. I really, that was probably my favorite movie from that year. Really? Yeah. I yeah. thought it was very, I, li- I really liked it. It, uh, it, it, well, I, I have to admit, I like J.J. Abrams' approach to all that, where it's just kind of like a stealth-made film that kind of gets just really kind of leaked and kind of previewed very quickly to its actual release date. And I, I do, I, I love something like that. I think that's fantastic, especially for movies that don't have the amount of like fan base to keep a groundswell going like that. Like Star Wars, they can release a trailer a year in advance, and people are still going to be hyped by the time it comes out. But Tangle Over Your Lane and movies like The Blair Witch Project, which also did, or Blair Witch, which did the same thing in the same year, they were filmed under different titles, and then like two months before they come out, they're like, "Oh, this is the actual title. It's based on this. Have fun!" And then everyone's all pumped for it, and then they go see it. I think that's a fantastic way to market those types of movies. Hmm. Uh, let's see. You know what? I, I and I. It's just coming out now, so I mean, I guess it kind of technically technically ap- applies, but it's also the fact that it's, it's just getting in release. But it's going to be a smaller film. It's a documentary, and I talked about it here before. But it's uh, it's called Score. It's a uh, a music film documentary, which it's it is a it's a. I've said it before when I've talked about it again, but it is a really good movie and it still sticks with me right now just thinking about it. So that is a movie that I hope a lot of people, because it's coming out now, get a chance to go actually go out and see because it's well worth your time. It's a really enjoyable experience there at the movies. So it's a good inside look at, a, at something that we just, you know, we kind of think we know about, but there's so much more that goes into the actual score that you're creating for a film that it's great that this film brings to light. So that is one that's just popping into my head right now because it's uh, it's been, I've been, I saw it like, Two months ago, and it's still sticking with me. So, go see Score. You will not be. Re- you will not regret it. Right, Neil. Right, everyone. Listen to Frank. He is the man. <laughs> right. That's right, Neil. I am not holding your fiance hostage. That's not happening. He's saying this of his own free will. I am blink blink <laughs> doing this blink blink. No, Neil. No, 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 Neil. By my own free will. Neil. Yeah. All right, so folks, before we get into our, our uh, box office bet, we're going to do a little box office. Uh, we're going to do our predictions for what next week's top five is going to be. Of course, we've got Dunkirk, we've got Girls uh, uh, Girls Trip, and we've got uh, this third film, oh, uh, Valerian, and the, and the City of a Thousand Planets. All coming in for your hard-earned box office dollar. And I'm just looking at one thing right here real quick that I wanted to add. While we do this, is uh, good old Christopher Nolan, just to give us some context right here, is uh, his last couple films. So in terms of seeing how that might open here, it uh, good old Christopher Nolan as a director. His last film was what, Inner 
There we go. Uh, basically, what? Dark Knight's done 160. Uh, Dark Knight Rises did 160. Dark Knight did 158. Inception did 62. Interstellar did 47. And uh, Prestige did 14. So, in terms of him, I mean, other than if it's not a big genre film, uh, or like you know being like a big superhero one, I mean the biggest that he's done right there was Inception at sixty two point seven million dollars. Do you think Dunkirk could actually do better than that, Neil? What was the number again? Sixty two point seven. Uh, I don't know. That's sort of where I'd picture it opening at. To be honest, the uh, so I well you said you've already like watching that trailer makes you tense. Gets you anxious while you're watching that. Yeah, I've uh, and I've just read. I've read just a couple initial reviews, and people seem to be really high on this film. Is this one that you're kind of jazzed about seeing, or these trailers have just not really kind of piqued your interest? It hasn't quite piqued my interest. I can understand uh, that it might be critically appealing, so I might see it just for for that part of me. But as a fan, I probably won't see this movie. It'd probably just be like a fan of you know cinema in general, because no doubt it's probably going to be very well made. Um, it just, you know, it doesn't pique my interest uh, as a general moviegoer. And is that because it's like a World War II film or just the way the story that this seems to be telling just doesn't grab you? Uh, yeah, I'd say the latter. I'd say it just the, it doesn't seem it's just not seeming to grab my attention that much. Um, now, Valerian coming out is rated lower on Rotten Tomatoes right now than Dunkirk is. Um, actually, no, that's incorrect. Cause Dunkirk has an embargo up right now. But. Valerian's at like 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm pretty sure I would like to see that before I see Dunkirk. What I've read about Valerian is that the, the first like two-thirds are great, and then it just basically kind of falls apart in the last third. But it's beautiful to look at. And just even from the trailers, it makes you seem like it's going to be a feast for the eyes. It's going to be a shame if it kind of falls, story-wise, kind of falls apart in that last third. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I've sort of heard the same thing. That and the acting's a little flat. Mm, yeah, it's uh, whatever his name is from. Yeah, I just remember him from uh, the second Amazing Spider-Man two film. The, the, the second Amazing you, Spider-Man you two film. You remember him from that? Yeah, because he played Harry Osborn. Right, but you remember that? I remember that because I remember just how like I was not that uh, that that keen on that performance. So hilarious. <laughs> uh, but we also got Clive Owen, and he looked kind of. He, at least in the trailers, he does look like he's he's pretty flat in that. Your boy, Clive. My boy. Uh, so, uh, given our top five here, we've got Dunkirk, Girls Trip, and Valerian. Where do you see these falling in our top five? Do you feel like you could see something like Baby Driver or The Big Sick, any one of them, still sticking around on the top five and not and uh, one of these three not making it on there? Actually, uh, it's in that order. In that order for me, Dunkirk, Girls Trip, and Valerian as the top three. Okay. And then War, Planet of the Apes, and Spider-Man. Interesting. All right. So say goodbye, Despicable Me, Baby Driver, and The Big Sick. So you're going with Valerian number one? You're going Dunkirk number one? Yeah, Dunkirk one. I mean, I I feel like I can't argue with with your lineup right there. uh, I feel like Valerian, while more visually pleasing, is... It might it might suffer from John Carter of Mars syndrome, which would be unfortunate. Yeah, I I still think yeah I would probably do better. Oh, I'd be curious to see what War for the Planet of the Apes with their drop off is in the next week. If it drops off even like as much as you know, well, that end up being around like twenty twenty eight. If it ends up fifty percent, so ah, could Valerian do that little, or could it do more? 
Because I feel like Girls Trip actually could turn out. I feel like it's going to be a nice piece of counter-programming this weekend as well. No, I agree, yeah. I think it could turn out for sure. All right. So, uh, you know, just to be contrary, I'm going to go Dunkirk Girls Trip. I'm going to say that War does better than Valerian. And then you have Spider-Man Homecoming. I think War is going to hold up. I think it's like a, it's a much more positively reviewed film. So I think it's going to stick around a little bit longer towards the top of the box office. Not a bad list, Frank. Not bad. Oh, well, thanks, Neil. I appreciate it. But now, folks. Oh, look at that. Zayas agrees with you, though, Neil. So you can rest easy knowing that. Look at that. And, uh, and uh, Raul5 has yet to hear anyone that they say they'll watch Dunkirk over Valerian. I have to admit, like, if I had to choose, like, right now, I'd probably just visually be more exciting about watching Valerian. But I feel like I still – I feel like I still want to go check out I, – I, I seem to enjoy Christopher Nolan's film. So I'm, I'm willing to go check out and see what he's going to do with Dunkirk. You know, uh, yeah. I, I, I wish I could say, like, I'm, I'm super like, yeah, let's go check out Christopher Nolan's latest film. But I still think it would be worth checking out on the big screen. Neil's not going to do it, though. He's, gonna, he's not going to do it. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do our box office bet. Now, as I mentioned, this is going to be our last box office bet here before we go into our winter hi- or, uh, winter hiatus. Our summer hiatus. We'll be back in four weeks here doing some more box office goodness here with the whole crew assembled. But we'll be, uh, don't worry. You're betting on this, and we'll make sure that we uh, that we tweet out the, the results there on Monday. We'll send those out on Twitter, so make sure you're following all of us, or at least one of us, preferably me. <laughs> uh, we'll tweet out the results of that, and we'll make sure that whoever is the, the loser of the box office bet goes and see it in a timely fashion, at least tweets out impressions and thoughts about the film as well. And feel free, if you want, if, if that's something that you're interested in us doing, like every week kind of throwing out the box office bet to you folks there that are uh, watching right now currently in the, that are in the chat, or you're listening to it later, and you enjoy that part of the box office bet and you want us to continue, continue to do it while we're on the break, I think we can make that work. So, yeah, tweet us if you want us to continue to do it, and we'll just do our, our bet between the three of us, and uh, we'll see how we do amongst all that. So, I saw in the chat, Frank, that uh, um, Albin said that we have a girls' trip to vote on. Oh, no! <laughs> now I'm excited. Oh, all right. Great. I, this is probably the film I'm least looking forward to watching. Yeah, great. All right. It's Girls Trip, you guys. <laughs> he, said it, he said it was payback for leaving out Wish Upon last week. How dare you, Alvin. How <laughs> dare you. Yeah, uh, Wish Upon. Oh, my gosh. All right, Wish Upon. Let's just see what that baby pulled up this, this past weekend here. Oh, boy. Yeah, let's, let's take a peek. Here we go. Box office mode. Oh, here we go. Uh, Wish Upon. It did... It certainly did our, did our top five. I wonder. All right, Neil, you you don't even know what it is. How much do you think Wish Upon made this weekend? Four million. Five point five eight million dollars. Damn, I was pretty close. There you go. So yeah, it came in at number seven this week. So uh, yeah, all right. I feel like many people did not see Wish Upon. So damn you, Alvin. Damn you. Damn you. You blew it all up. You did it. All right. So we're doing girls trip. Ah, oh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Queen Latifah, uh, and more. Uh, I think we got uh, we got to make a bet on this one. If we're both predicting this is number two. Oh boy. Okay. I really don't want to see this film. So I really, <laughs> I really don't. I love seeing Frank just trying to. I stupid. I want to see this film. I really want to get as close as I can. Yeah, I really don't want to see it. 
Really, don't make me go see this movie. Oh, gosh. All right. I'm going to figure it's all right, 60. Oh, man. I can't. No. It can't do that good. Oh, boy. All right. I know people that are in the chat are thinking about, like, girls from $18 million. Oh. Oh, Sarah Brock loves the phone case. Thank you. There you go. A lot of old school Superman there. Action Comics with the Supermobile. Oh, oh you missed it earlier. Sky Patterson was complimenting your uh, eyeglasses. Said they make you look like a scientist. Want to know where you got them. Uh, these babies are, uh, gosh, I think, well, let's see where they are. They're, oh, they're, guys, they're polo for men. Ralph Lauren? Yeah, that's true. Check me out, everybody. Oh, man, girls weekend. Here we, boy, 30 million. Oh, we've got, uh, I was saying 30 million. Uh, I've seen 20 to 22. No, it's, uh, oh. You have your number written down yet? I I don't have it written down. I'm going to go, oh. Chat embargo, I'm moving it. All right, there you go. I got, stop looking. Stop, stop looking for others for help. I assume you had you felt strong about this number, right? Yeah, oh yeah. I've had my number since like this morning. <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay. Uh, if I feel like, gosh. All right. All right. Great. Oh, this is gonna be rough. I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna have to go see this movie. I'm not going to be happy. Uh, but it's also a comedy. Do we really? Oh, all right. There's not. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good piece of counter programming. I don't know if people are jazzed about it, the other films that high. So gosh. Ooh, all right. I guess I'll go with my initial impulse. This is gonna be terrible. All right. Okay, Neil. I'm excited, Frank. Yeah, I'm not. I'm pumped. I am not pumped whatsoever. I'm so excited. I'm not. All right. Okay. I put down that it would make twenty six million. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> what do you got? What is it? I went. I went 35. <laughs> that's not bad. I, I mean, don't know. Yeah, that's probably bad. That's probably bad. That's probably bad. <laughs> I, oh, man. Ah, oh, guys, I don't want to see this movie. So I'm going into the summer break. Having to see this, this is going to be the worst. Well, you never know. It could it could be bringing in uh, it could be bringing in a lot of uh, the inner city black audience. Please do, please. Uh, what, what any audience, anybody you know, send them someone, to his girls' Someone in the chat mentioned that it could do rough night numbers, but I don't know. There might be a <laughs> there might be a little like Tyler Perry movement. Oh, Star Drew says that I won the bet though. Great, so. I do like Alvin saying, "Just say a number, Frank. You'll have to see it anyway." Thanks, Alvin. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank Sarah you. says you might love it. I think I think she might be right. I think <sighs> you might love it. Oh man, everybody. Oh man. You know what? As, as far as the quality goes, I'm glad this movie's getting made because not only are they uh, women, but they're black women, and the movie looks like <laughs> the movie looks like it's a. Uh, it's sort of like on par, like as far as like raunchy comedy, it looks like it's on par with like The Hangover. Yeah. And I love to see that sort of representation in a movie of the subject matter like that. Because uh-huh. I think that like that, that sort of stuff should be normal. So I'm actually kind of excited to go and see this film for that reason. All right. Well, Alvin's going to go see it too. So it's just going to be me and him. Thank you, Alvin. I, I won't be alone. And uh, Stardew believes that Comic Con's going to bring it down so, uh, as well. Oh, boy. Please don't be true. I feel like the people that are going to be seeing Girls Trip are probably not the same people that would be going to Comic Con. I'm guessing. So yeah, you maybe, might be right there. So maybe that might not be. Maybe that might be the case. Actually, that might break, that might bring down Spider Man numbers instead. That's true. Oh. and Valerian. Oh man, you but, know we don't know. Uh, Is there a Dunkirk graphic novel? Could bring that one down too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm in the same boat as Courtney. So look at that. We're all the same there, and. Uh, Oh, and Sarah Brock says in the chat she went to go see the other woman once with a friend, and they loved it. We thought nothing of it going in. Well, 
And uh, Raul Five says, "Yeah, Neil One. I would don't think it'll even make eighteen million. Ah, uh, boy. All right. And Sky's got my weekend lined up for me. Uh, it tells me to go see Valerian, then Girls Trip, then Dunkirk. That's actually probably not a bad order to go see those movies in. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I'm kind of like I, I'm let down. Then I guess I'm kind of brought back up if I like Girls Trip, and then can maybe possibly brought down with Dunkirk. Yeah, then you're just depressed for the rest of the weekend after Dunkirk." <laughs> Oh, all right. Fantastic. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned, this is going to be our end for four weeks. We've got people are getting married. People are traveling around the country. People are traveling internationally. Carrie Lane. So she'll be hitting uh, broad. So, you know what, folks, for those of you that live internationally, feel free to tweet at Carrie Lane. Uh, I don't know exactly know where she's going uh, internationally, but tweet at her. I, know, I think it's somewhere in Europe. So. Twitter, if you happen to be around those parts of the woods, maybe you guys can actually do a box office breakdown meeting in person. Wouldn't that be a treat to see Carrie Lane in person? It's always a treat when we get to see her right here. So uh, for a chance for you folks, it would not be uh, – it would be an opportunity you should not miss if you're possibly able to do it. For me, I'll be uh, traveling around Seattle and Texas and Minnesota and Ohio shooting some dogs for the Hero Dog Awards. There you go. <laughs> We're all living the dream, aren't we? Neil? Oh me, I know I'm just getting married. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. Just that just that small life changing event. Yeah, it's just a very small yeah. thing that's gonna yeah, no. Yeah, if that's what you're into. Oh, there you go, check that out. Uh but folks, as always, thank you so much. We are gonna be back just double checking my calendar right here. I believe it's gonna be August twenty tw- August twentieth, as a matter of fact. We will be back here. Uh we actually get Neil for one week before he's off again. Because look at him, he's uh, he's an important man with important things on his plate. Yeah, to go to the beach, Frank. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The seaweed is not going to keep yeah, itself. Yeah, it'll be a different beach, but I'll be there. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for sticking around with us. We'll uh, uh, we'll be back with, on August twentieth with all that box office breakness goodness that you have come to know and love, and uh, we'll be talking about all the fun that I had seeing girls trip. Great. I'm already, I'm already resigning myself to this fate, which makes me sad. <laughs> uh, but thanks, everybody, for having me in the chat. I really appreciate it as much. And, uh, oh, as I says, I'll see you in Dallas-Fort Worth. All right. Fantastic. I'll be right there. And uh, we'll see you back here soon. If you want to continue the conversation with us, folks, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, again, can't thank you enough, folks, for hopping in the chat. You make the show, show so fun to do. And we'll definitely miss not having you on our Sunday nights here for the next four weeks. But if you want to continue the conversation with us or tweet at us uh, for uh, box office breakdown, uh, breakdown, breakdown bets, if you want us, to, want us to continue to do that over the horary break, Neil, where can they find you? You guys can find me everywhere. You can find people, which is the internet, at the Neil Plumley, T-H-E-N-E-I-L-P-L-U-M-L-E-Y. I like having fun, so let's do fun things. Oh, like, oh all right. That's great. And uh, Albin, with very cryptically, says, see you in more than a month. Albin, I'm worried. I hope you're going to be okay. Hope you're doing something fun, but the fact that we're not going to see you for more than a month saddens me. Who's going to be here to talk about Girls Trip with me, Albin? You said it was going to be you and me, and now it's going to be more than a month. I'm going to be all alone on this Girls Trip island. I'm talking about it here on August 20th. I'm very sad. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to continue to talk to me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. And you can follow Carrie D. Lane at Carrie D. Lane on all the social media handles. Folks, we'll see you back here August 20th. Have a great rest of the summer. Well, it'll still be summer when we get back, but still, it's going to be that peak summer that we're going to be gone. So if you're going to be at Comic-Con, enjoy Comic-Con. If you're going to be just out traveling or working or whatever you're going to be doing, have a great time. Go see some movies. See Girls Trip. The more people, the merrier to go see the Girls Trip with me. (laughs) 
just take all your friends. Yep. Yep. There you right. go. Make bets with all your friends. Make them have to go see Girls Trip if they lose. Opening weekend. Make sure they go. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, you know, I don't care about your week two Girl Trip movies. Yeah. That's not going to help me. I buy need... some extra seats just in case. Yeah, that's right. Why, why buy one ticket when you can buy four? As many as you can. Absolutely. Honestly. That's right. Bring some friends. Be that person that finally gives back to your friends by taking them to Girls Trip. Yeah, dip into your savings. Remortgage your house. It's fine. It's worth it, folks. It's worth it to know that you've you've spread the uh, the good word of a good movie. <laughs> oh, please. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, look at that with the great emojis there to celebrate Neil. I can't think of any better better way to end the show with a nice salute from Sky Patterson to Neil. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. There you go. Uh, August 20th is more than a month away. All right. Thanks, Alvin. All right. He's going to be um, – all right. Alvin's corrected me. He's going to be back with me on August 20th. I was scared. Alvin, I'm sorry. I was worried that I was going to be out on loan of this girl's trip ledge. Knowing that you're going to be back here with me on August 20th, we'll make this four, this more than four weeks a little bit more bearable. <laughs> oh, all right, folks. We'll see you back here August 20th with more Box Office Breakdown. Until then, see you at the movies. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.